Welcome to the Denver Gazette Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Schmenke, and today we are brought to you by Applewood Plumbing, Heating, and Electric. They have been serving Denver residents for 50 years. They are the proud sponsor of this podcast and the Colorado Avalanche, which we are talking about today with Kyle Fredrickson. Kyle and I haven't caught up in a while. Uh, Kyle, you were hunting. I expected you to have like a big giant beard, but you look, <laughs> you look, you look all right. And then uh, yeah. I was under the weather for a while as well. So Kyle, it's good to be back with you. How are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing well. You know, I, I did take a little break from the team, so it took some time to sort of get back into the uh, the swing of things. And uh, the Avalanche, they're always interesting, if, yeah. if they're anything. So, uh, you know, a lot for us to talk about. But, yes, uh, successful hunting trip. I'll, I'll, I'll bring some some jerky into the newsroom at some point. But, yeah, glad to be back. And and honestly, glad to see the, the abs are, are playing how we expect them to play. Uh, everyone in a little bit better mood around that dressing room lately. Yeah, there was there was a little bit of a bad mood from uh, Coach Bednar there for um, that was after the Kraken game, and we'll we'll, we'll kind of talk about that a little bit. But um, last night they just beat down the Ducks. Yeah, it, it was impressive, and it was a third period where they just kind of you know saw that uh, there was a crack there that they had a nice lead, and and they really exploited it. And you know for for where this team was at five days ago, as you mentioned before, with that Kraken loss to now, the, the Avs are playing how they expect to play right now and and you know the, the the way they were able to get off to a fast start last night very significant uh you know 2-0 lead in that game uh in the second period you think they might crack when Miko Rantanen's hit with a a double minor for high sticking a four minute power play uh that the Ducks go on and uh the abs kill it off not only that you know Logan O'Connor almost gets a shorthanded goal uh draws a penalty in the process so the you know two minutes of four on four uh, in between that power play. So uh, the abs are just doing the the little things right. And, you know, I, I think it's a testament to to Coach Bednar and, and sort of how he handled that adversity against the Kraken. He really called his team out after a, a real lousy performance, uh, especially by, you know, some of the guys we expect to to bring it every night. And I think it ignited a fire in this team. You know, the past two games now, uh, looking at the way, uh, uh, sorry, the loss was to the Blues. I said the Kraken. They went and beat the Kraken on the road, came home, and then beat the Ducks handily last night, eight to two. Um, it feels like they're back on track, but of course, it's a it's a long season and a lot can happen. And uh, we'll just have to see how a, a few of these storylines develop. Yeah, that that Blues loss. I mean, you, you have not seen this team get beat like that. I, I don't know in how long. Like that's just not that's not their style. Yeah, yeah. We're used to the Avalanche doing that like to that. other teams, right? Yeah. Right. You just kind of beat into, into submission because late in games, you see how down you are. And it, it's tough to continue playing when that's just such an, a relentless attack. And the Avs were just making silly errors. I mean, up and down the roster. And uh, I think guys had to do a little bit of soul searching. It's it's interesting when, you know, it seemed like Logan O'Connor is the the guy who's holding other players accountable. You know, your your third line winger is is a guy who brings it every night, and and he kind of had to model to the rest of the team, hey, this is how we play. And, and we saw a bunch of Logan O'Connors out there essentially, uh, you know, last night with with a lot of guys, especially from that bottom six, uh, stepping up into big roles. So that was just stuff we we didn't see uh, in that loss uh against the blues and and so to you know even that, that even extends to alexander gorgiev right i don't know if if he's on our list of things to chat about today but he's really been solid 
uh, these past two games in addition to the rest of the team. So, you know, I think goalie play a lot of times is a, a reflection of how the rest of the group is doing. And that makes sense when you think about defensive breakdowns and, and, and what it takes to be a complete team. Um, but certainly, you know, as, as part of, uh, you know, what Avalanche fans should be excited right now is, you know, no real concern about Gorgiev at this point. It, this kind of goes into us talking about how everything kind of has turned around since those two, that Kraken and that um, Blues loss. Also, I realized they didn't score a goal on the road until that Kraken game. Yeah, it was bizarre <laughs> how, how they, they couldn't score uh, much on the road or, or do anything on the road in a few of those uh, shutout losses. And that, that's why I was elk hunting. I got to say, I'm not real sad that I missed some of those games. Yeah, you know, before you left, we propped up that Vegas game. Oh, and it yeah. was just a complete... <laughs> beat down by the the knights and um so yeah but what i was going to ask you is and you know i i talked with our colleague Vinny Vinny about this with the nuggets too the t- the coaches for these two teams jared bednar knew what he was doing when he had that presser and he was kind of pushing some buttons malone does the same thing and it's just so impressive how these guys bednar knows his locker room and he knows his guys and even like I would say this Avs team is – there's a lot of new guys on this team, and we talked about that. Like, they overhauled this roster a little bit. But, man, he just knows what to do at the right time, and that kind of goes into how they've turned it around since those two bad losses. Right, right. And it's it's interesting with Bednar and his strategy with the media. I think the, the thought would be, oh, well, players heard those comments in the media, and, hey, now they're turning it around – but Bednar has been straight with us to where he says, Hey, there's, there's nothing that I'm going to tell you guys that I haven't told the team already. No, he's big on talking to his guys first about things and then addressing it to the media that, you know, the abs are historically kind of a tight lipped organization. Um, But that's a reflection of probably what he told the team. And basically he said that his team was lousy. That was a third period. That was maybe the worst period he's, he's watched as a coach. And that's pretty bad when you think about all the hockey that, uh, Bednar had to endure in year one there when they, uh, I think, were uh, a league low in, in total points at the end of the year. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's a, a real reflection of of him reading the room, understanding, to your point, hey, there's new guys here. We got to make them understand that we have a championship standard. We, we hung a banner because we didn't play like this for 82 games. And here we are early in the season sort of having to have this conversation. So, um, you know, never kind of any over panic from Bednar for, for those comments to come out. You know, it's very strong. It shows you the direction that he's trying to push his team in right now. But in such a long season, you're going to expect kind of these ebbs and flows. Um, but a lot of new pieces for the Avs right now playing well. Uh, the big question is how long can those guys sustain that level? So so let's talk about the bottom six because, you know, we've talked about that for a long time, that they have to have scoring from other other people that are not named McKinnon and Rantanen and McCarr. Right, and, right. Uh, I guess uh, Val had two goals last night. He, he right. was definitely in the fray. But, um, you know, what, what are some of the bottom six guys that have stood out to you? Yeah, I mean, just look at that third period. It was a, a real showcase of of the Avs flexing their depth and and some of those new players. And, you know, Ross Colton is a guy that I'll be writing about soon. 
Uh, you know, he's their third line center. Um, I love his goal reactions. They've been excellent all season. Every time he scores, he's screaming his head off. He's cheering on his teammates in a way that I think is refreshing because a lot of times in hockey, guys are more reserved. Uh, it might just be a fist pump or something like that. But, you know, I think Ross celebrates like, you know, a, an NFL player, an NBA player would very animated, you know, emotions on your sleeve. And, and I love that as a just a fan of sports. Um, but he's also backing it up with his play. You know, I, I, he has a little bit of a point streak going uh, with goals in the past several games here. He plays a, a very kind of north-south gritty game where he's he's, he's getting downhill. Um, you know, he's a player that, that really has sh- st- stood out. But a player that I'm going to be writing about even for tomorrow's newspaper is uh, Kivi Ranta. Uh, you know, say that one five times yeah. fast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, you know, he's been uh, fantastic in, in, in a very short amount of time for this team. Uh, you know, you might remember he signed a professional tryout contract before the training camp. Had a great camp. You know, everyone kind of raved about his performance, but he ends up getting cut and, you know, doesn't make the NHL roster to start the year. And this is a guy who probably could have taken his chances and, and joined another club. But I think he trusted the vision the Avs had, went down to the Eagles, played pretty well. You know, Arturi Lekkinen, you know, we'd be remiss not to bring him up during the podcast, but, you know, he crashes into the boards the other night and, you know, he's going to be out for weeks, which means that a forward slot opened. And, you know, Kitty Ranta was the guy that I think the Avs long term envisioned for that spot. So, you know, they signed him to a one year contract. They bring him up. And I really think he's going to be a stalwart in that bottom six as an undersized guy who's not going to score goals every night. But when he does, you're, you're going to notice because of just his burst and and his aggressiveness. I mean, the the, the way that he scored his goal, uh, you know, in that Ducks win um, was really just a, a microcosm of the kind of player he is and the grit that he brings. Uh, and weaving through guys, you know, warding off defenders, taking shots at the crease, um, you know, just the sort of player the, the Avs need who pairs great. Uh, with a guy like Andrew Cogliano on that that fourth line. So, um, you know, a, a lot to like about Kiviranta. Fans might remember in the 22 playoffs in the bubble, he actually eliminated the Avs with a hat trick in the game seven performance. Oh, that was really impressive. Why I know that name. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So it's it's been a minute. So, but but that's you know that that shows you that he's been around. You know, he this is not new to him. You know, he's played in more than 150 games with the Stars over several seasons, but um, you know, chose to to get a fresh start in Colorado, and I think it's really starting to pay off, and could be one of those sneaky moves that we look back and say, hey. You know, kudos to Chris McFarland for for filling a need with a guy who who really is excelling. Yeah, I was. Uh, so the Avs don't are not back on the ice till Saturday. Is that correct? Yeah, Saturday in Dallas. Right, right. And I'll be joining them the next game in Nashville. They've got a quick two game trip. Um, I'm just doing the one game. I mean, if if you're gonna pick a city, uh, you know, Nashville is not the worst place to visit. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. And but I, you know, I was kind of looking at the standings. I didn't even realize that Dallas had jumped to the top there. Um. Some of the records of these teams early on are rather ridiculous. Like Vancouver's 12 and three, Vegas is 12 and three. Like these teams have gotten off the hot starts in the NHL. Yeah, it it is kind of hard to gauge how good a team is um, at this point in the year. And I suppose that's true of the NBA, too. I mean, obviously, it's it's, you know, the, the Avalanche feel great about the position they're in. And it's no real surprise that the Stars are are, are playing well. Um, but I think those really are going to be your your top two teams. Um, but, you know, the way that Jordan Bennington's playing for the Blues, it feels like he's back to being that elite goaltender 
you know, throw out all the stuff about his, his kind of bonkers personality, that's going to make the Blues contenders, I think, if, if they can kind of figure out some of their other issues. Um, you know, to have a goalie playing at that elite level uh, means a lot. I mean, just look at what Alexander Gorgiev was doing for this team early in the year on that 6-0 start. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that's it's still a, a toss-up at this point. But with Jason Robertson, you know, the Stars have, you know, a lot of forwards who can score uh, plenty of goals. I, I'm looking forward to some of those division matchups. I'm, I won't be on the road for that one, but I'll definitely be tuning in and, and reporting from home. Well, you know, we all need more Avs Blues with Bennington. I think we all we all enjoy that. So I think <laughs> if he's playing well, that'll be a good thing. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I, you know, any kind of intrigue uh, that you can bring with with guys who aren't afraid to be themselves. I will give Bennington that. Uh, you know, I think it's good for the league. So I'm going to drop something on you real quick. And um, this has been a hot topic. I don't know if you've listened to Altitude lately with this whole who gets the captaincy thing on the Ah, uh, Sure, sure. So I just want to get your opinion on it. I mean, I mean, Bednar clearly said, like, no, Gabe is the captain in his own way on that interview. But I kind of agree with him. Like, if, if Gabe Landis goes on the team, he's the captain. How do you feel about that? Yeah, it's an interesting thought because I'm I think I'm still learning about like the politics of being an yeah. NHL captain and leadership in the room. But the thought kind of did cross my mind after that blues loss. Like, man, did did the team miss having Gabe in the room? Like, did they need Gabe Landeskog to light into these dudes? Cause I do think that when he's healthy, Landeskog is the voice in the locker room and and speaks for the players and speaks at the his teammates in a way that other guys can't really just because they aren't Gabe and they don't wear the C. So naturally with him being gone all year and the team's not playing well, I think it's easy to go like, yeah, let's, let's put the C on somebody else and, and reestablish a leader in the room. But I just don't think the abs see it that way. Yeah. And, and, and listening to Bednar's comments and kind of just knowing Kale McCarr and these other guys, like, yeah, they want Landeskog in there, but it doesn't really matter to them who's who's wearing the C because this is still Landeskog's team. As long as he's here, as long as he's in the building, and I, you know, I don't know if he's even in the country right now, but assuming that he's going to be around and and assuming a leadership role and and even traveling with the group, you know, Chris McFarland leaned on him for advice, you know, during free agency decisions and and had him talking to Tomas Tatar. Uh, you know, and, and trying to lure some of these guys to the team. So he's an integral part of this group, whether he's playing or not. I'm just not sure that it matters all that much for what the product looks on like on the ice, yeah. just because there's a lot of guys, you know, who are capable of speaking for the group and, and do it in a big way. I mean, you know, to me, like Andrew Cogliano is sort of the captain of the bottom six. And after, you know, bad losses, he's a guy who will sit in that room and is not afraid to to answer questions. I mean, that's the same thing that Gabe Landeskog did, right? So maybe that's not an every night thing. And there's nights where we all probably wish we could ask Gabe what his opinion is on on whatever happens with, uh, you know, with the Avs. But yeah, I, I think that would be reactionary. And if anything would just maybe cause rift or, or awkwardness if Gabe comes back, because I do think that despite it being a long shot, if we're realistic, 
there is a strong-held belief in that franchise that Gabe Landeskog is going to be back, that he's going to be an elite player, and that you know that's this is going to be seen as sort of a blip on on a very long and and good career for their captain uh, because he won them the cup. I mean, there's no reason for anyone to doubt Gabe, and I think if you assign a new captain, you're almost kind of putting that out there. Like, well, we're not really sure about this guy. And, and I just don't think I love that if I, if I'm a teammate or if I'm an avalanche fan. Well, and, and in the avalanches history here in, you know, in Colorado, like what have they had three captains Four, right? Maybe. Right. I mean, Sackick, Haydu, Gabe, is there somebody else in there that I'm forgetting? No, I, I think that's right. And yeah, I, I mean, think that's a reflection of the organization, me. right? They're not going to like overreact and try to change leadership structure on the fly. Like if they're going to uh, select a new captain, it'll it'll be another like Landeskog, right? A, a youngster who's going to grow into that role. And maybe that's McCarr down the line, you know, Who, who's to say in uh, a few years if, if Landeskog's career is over, that's a very natural decision for the Avs being his age and, and what he means to this group. And, you know, he, what he already means as a leader, he's, he's wearing that A for the past couple seasons now. So um, you love what Makar brings as a leader, uh, but no need to rush that title on him if he doesn't need it right now. There was two seasons where it was Adam Foote as well. Okay. Okay. So Good the research there. Yeah. Right. So okay. it was Sackick, then Foote in 09 and 2010, and then Hayduke, mm. and then Gabe has been the captain since 2012 so yeah. i mean that's a long haul this this organization is is uh stable it's always yeah stable. yeah yeah that's a sign of good leadership too yeah. when you're not changing over right that's, that's a definitely a, a positive sign of culture and i mean and what was gabe was he 19 when he got it? yeah he was, i'm pretty sure he was a teenager he couldn't buy illegal beer at the very least now at least not in america well that, that's hockey for you <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> right, right. All right. Uh, what do you want to plug, Kyle? Anything good coming? Um, well, I will say I, I brought up the Kiviranta story. I'm I'm putting the final touches on that as I actually head to practice here as as, as we wrap up the podcast. Um, you know, the abs will, will be hitting the road, and like I said, I'll be going to Nashville. Um, I am reporting out a story uh on Ryan Johansson at the moment. You know, he's going back to some Nashville roots, been there a long time. I think he played eight seasons with the Predators. I was very involved with the community. So writing a little bit about that for him to return, all the folks that that he helped impact there. Um, I think the NHL does a pretty good job in their community relations uh, department of, of letting players be charitable. And, you know, he's a guy who's always done that, even with a short time with the Avs. Uh, and being a leader and, and sticking up for his teammates. So, um, you know, just kind of more of a, a person, personality feature on Johansson and also maybe a, a call to see what his production is going to be like. Cause I think as that number two center, he hasn't really been putting up big numbers, uh, especially at even strength uh, to kind of justify that role yet. So no real panic. He's, he's not playing terrible. He's, he's not making huge mistakes, um, but that second line does need to start producing. Talking about the second line center, that seems familiar. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, put that on repeat. Yeah. yeah. All right, man. Uh, thanks for coming on, Kyle. Uh, make sure you subscribe to this podcast on Apple and Spotify. Uh, make sure you go to denvergazette.com for all of Kyle's stuff on the Avs and all of the uh, rest of our coverage of pro and college sports. Um, and Kyle, thanks for coming on. And we will probably catch up uh, maybe, maybe next week or maybe the week after. Yeah, I'll report back on uh, Nashville food. I'm a, I'm a big hot chicken guy, so to be to, to get oh, it at well. the source will make me happy. So. You know, we could do a podcast with all you guys of like where you've eaten. That could be like a nice off season podcast, like okay. best places to eat. So take I love that. Love that. Yeah. <laughs> all right, we'll man. Do. Thanks for coming on.
Thank you for listening to the Denver Gazette podcast. Make sure to visit denvergazette.com for all your local news on Broncos, Rockies, Avalanche, Nuggets, and much, much more. We'll talk to you next time.